0: Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. James chapter 3 and verse 16 says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is... Disorder, and some versions say chaos, and every evil thing. Woo! <laughs> yeah, please share this video. Thank you, And Thank you, Ben Johnston. I'm loving that that you're on here because you're you you will face this if you haven't already. As a as an emerging Canadian leader, who you're a catalyst. I could start prophesying right now, but I'm in a 40 day fast, so I'm a little more in the spirit than usual. But can you believe this scripture is here? Let me read it again. James 3.16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition, wow, (laughs) exists, there is disorder in every evil thing. And you won't believe what that word disorder is. In the Greek, that word disorder actually can be translated as anarchy. Total anarchy. Have you ever seen that in churches, on boards, staffs, leaderships, families, Christian situations? How can there be the presence of anarchy? (laughs) Well, look at this. Let me tell you what selfish ambition means. In the Greek, I won't bother giving you the actual Greek word. I'll just give you the translation. Oh, strife or political party. (laughs) Strife. Or political party. (laughs) Oh, the Bible. You have to love the Bible. Everything's in here. (laughs) For where there is jealousy and political party and selfish ambition, there is anarchy. And every (laughs) evil thing among Christians, among Canadian charismatic leaders, among pastors, among... So jealousy and selfish ambition are a big door. Have you ever been walking with somebody or you had relationship with somebody or you did ministry with somebody or or you even had a good friendship? And then it's like all of a sudden, as God began to use you, or you began to, as it said of Daniel, distinguish yourself among the brethren, all kinds of anarchy and chaos break out among your relationships false accusation, exaggeration, all kinds of stuff starts to stir up. I promise you, you can trace it back. Somewhere, someone became jealous of you and had some selfish ambition to bring you down. It's the truth and you know it. You know what I'm saying right now. Somewhere there's a source In that broken relationship, in that situation, in in your ministry circles, in your whatever, somewhere there was jealousy and selfish ambition that emerged. And they, rather than, you know, like Pastor Meek asked me, why do we shoot our wounded? Why do we shoot our own? Why do we put our own down? If we're on the same team and we're trying to go the same direction, why would somebody turn on you? It's because that person or group has something to benefit from you being brought low. Otherwise they wouldn't dare do it. They would bring them no pleasure, but there's a reason. And and right here, James 3.16, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, there is disorder and every evil thing. (laughs) Let me just read it again with the Greek because it's so crazy. For where there is jealousy and political party, there is anarchy and every evil thing this is amazing so there that those are the two main doors that give way for the spirit of socialism and unholy agreement to war against an emerging leader that is receiving some prominence or god is doing something unique in them or their church all that stuff comes up it's not just jealous leaders and and usually Don't be deceived, I wanna equip you with this today, but oftentimes, if you find out who it is or who they are, they have a reason, they give some reason. Well, Pastor Derek, we feel maybe you're too flashy, or so-and-so, we feel that you did this, or we heard that you did this, or we didn't like that you, they will will look for something to justify it, but it goes way beyond that because people would not normally go against their own team. They will overlook and cover and give grace and mercy to people on their own team. The root, is jealousy and and I love that Lola political party is also translated as religious yeah religious factions against uh, an emerging leader so now when you get into because I've got to touch on this before we wrap up when you get into why Jesus was silent before his accusers and, and there's a in equipping you with how to handle this spirit I want to word it this way there's a time to speak, and a time not to speak. There's a time to defend yourself, and a time not to defend yourself, and that is a tight rope walk. Number one is you—you you cannot always defend yourself, especially the—the the more God uses you, you could never keep up with what's being said about you. Uh, you know, I remember C. Peter Wagner saying, "Look, I—I I try not to read everything—the awful things that people say about me in the paper." I just want to make sure they spelled my name right. (laughs) You know, and these seasoned leaders that have walked through this, they've come to know uh, you just can't keep up with it. God has to be your defender. And remember, Jesus didn't go around defending himself to everybody. He was about his father's business. So remaining about your father's business is really key. When it comes to relationships that you really value, you've got to communicate. Uh, You've got to do your best to preserve the bond of peace. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. We've been first given the ministry of reconciliation. That's of high priority. But there are times, and Jesus understood this, where no matter how much arguing or convincing Jesus could do, which he could do well, he was wise. He knew that judgments against him were so deep within the person's heart, arguing would have no effect. In fact, it would inflame the issue. There's a time not to speak because it was only inflamed the situation and actually it will hurl more aggression against you if you speak. That's why you'll find oftentimes, especially political leaders are advised when not to take to Twitter, when not to fight back, when not to say anything. Uh, There's a reason for that. And I could give examples, but for time's sake, Jesus was silent in the courts many times and it baffled the accusers. Why? Because there were false judgments. And they weren't gonna suddenly turn their hearts over to him. He knew that. So he didn't say a word. It says like a sheep before his shears was silent. That wasn't just so he could help them get him quickly to the cross and die. (laughs) It was actually because the judgments were coming from their heart. Now, I wanna parallel that with a particular scripture you are going to find interesting in Matthew chapter seven. This is going to rock your world. I'm in my gospels here today. I got the Bible out today for this. Matthew, chapter number seven. You will have probably never seen this scripture like this before. Let me let me begin at verse one. Do not judge, so that you will not be judged. Remember that spirit uses judgments against leaders. So. When we begin at the chapter here, Jesus is speaking, and we're, we have context, okay? That's why I've gone back a few verses. Do not judge so that you will not be judged, for in the way that you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. That's a good reason to quit judging right there. <laughs> if you have found yourself being used by the spirit of socialism, uh, that's a very good reason quit the judgments right there (laughs) is uh, obviously you're now going to be judged by how you judge other people. So I would be careful about that. There is a type of judgment where you deal with sin in the body and all of that, but we're not talking about that. Uh, For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Now look at verse three. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? This is the principle of when you stare too much at other people's stuff, the natural reaction is you will be blind to your own. And that's the problem. That's what allows the spirit of uh, socialism to begin to work in you. That's what allows jealousy uh, to begin to work in you, is because you have allowed some kind of, you have so focused on everybody else's stuff, you no longer see your own and now False doctrine comes in. Deception comes in. You don't know there's jealousy functioning in you. You don't know there's selfish ambition. You're walking in a total fog and blind spot. And the devil is using you against your own brothers and sisters because you're so busy looking at everybody else, you forgot to look at your own life. Now, let's continue because it's not the point yet. Verse four, or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold, the log is in your own eye. Again... When you're working too hard on your brother and sister, you're missing something in your own life. Working too hard against your brother and sister, doing too much, too much talking, too much gossip. That's when your own problems will begin. But God have mercy on all of us. Now, look after, right after this. So we have the context of not to judge. Don't judge because you'll be judged. Don't look at the other person's speck because you've got a log. Don't try to take the other person's speck out. Why? God can deal with that in them. You might not even be in authority over them or their pastor or anything. Now, all of a sudden, he says something that seems out of context. Jesus says, do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine. <laughs> it seems like what? And, and we've taken that passage as, oh, don't preach good messages. Uh, to pigs who don't understand it. That's not what it means at all. In context of this passage, what it's actually saying is, don't give what is holy to the dogs and don't throw your pearls before swine. It's time to be quiet. That's why Jesus was quiet. He knew, and if you do cast your pearls, if you do try to fight your way out of a situation, if you do try to face their unholy agreement, if you do try to uh, defend yourself against their judgments, The opposite happens because they've already judged you in their heart. They are not going to change for you. They're not going to lay down their weapons. Look what it says. Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls before swine or they will trample them under feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Yeah, Lola. It's saying don't waste your time. They will turn and tear you to pieces. Sometimes defending yourself when it's a spirit at work in a person or persons actually incites it to get worse. This is why Jesus knew when to be silent. And you've gotta know when to function in the opposite spirit. This is also about boundaries, boundaries. Oh, could we talk about boundaries in the kingdom of God today? But don't waste your time. Jesus was silent, knowing where people's hearts were at. So I, I wanna give you a couple keys now on how to function. I've got it on my my cell phone here. I jotted it down just in case you you don't think I'm texting or something like that. Here it is, how to function. First of all, you've gotta know when to speak and when not to speak. There's a time where speaking and communicating and bringing the truth can actually uh, stop a situation. You share your truth in humility, in honor, not in anger, not in defensiveness, just here is my truth and I am not responsible to convince you otherwise, okay? Uh, So when to speak, when not to speak. The next point that is highly crucial because you cannot stop this fire when when the enemy gets it going is uh, uh, making sure you have an alignment with spiritual authorities that can walk with you and protect you. Who are you under? Who are you in authority with? Being under authority actually is a protection mechanism for you. It not only accesses the grace, but when false accusation comes, when the bulls of Bashan surround you, if you're under authority, you've got leaders that will cover you and walk with you. Understand and notice who your key people are. So what I had to do going through this is who's above me that I can trust, that will walk with me and even speak for me if I'm under attack. Okay, I have this person, I have this leader over here, I have this leader over here, okay, they're my covering. I'm in alignment with them. Then alignment isn't just up and down, but alignment is also who are my friends? Who are key people that that might even say, we don't even need to know all the, all the details, so and so. We don't even need to know Everything. Just, just tell us that you know. Let us know. Communicate. These are the people you're going to be totally open with. You're going to just share the details. You're going to open up your heart to them. Here's what's going on. Here's why I'm being attacked. And these people will now encircle you. But I'll I'll let you know they're going to be few and far between. You'd be surprised who you thought was friend and was not. Well, if that spirit gets a hold of them. So you're wanting to work with people that are very. Uh, who understand you, who love you, who are willing to lay down their lives for you, real friends. So you have the parallel. These are covenant brothers and sisters who you come into alignment with so that they can walk with you. When leaders come under attack and they isolate themselves, they have very little hope at putting up any kind of defense. Uh, You need to have your core group that are going to walk with you, who know the truth, who haven't come under that spirit. Now, we're not talking about hiding. We're not talking about another kind of conspiracy. We're not talking about yes men and yes women. We're not talking about uh, the people under you who so idolize you that they would never, you know, have a negative thought about you. We're talking about the mature people who aren't afraid to challenge you, people who aren't afraid to correct you, but people who love you, who will walk with you through any situation. That's really key when you're dealing with the spirit of socialism, is you have strength in a critical mass, no matter how big the Goliath is. (laughs) Amen. So who are you in alignment with and under authority? The next one, cleanse your own heart. You've got to keep your heart pure. An impure heart, a bitter heart, an unforgiving heart, um, all of this will actually give the enemy legal grounds to attack you. You've got to have your heart right. If you don't, it will leak. Issues of the heart will leak. The Bible says to guard your heart for out of it flow the, the issues of life. You will say too much in that email if your heart's not right. You will say something nasty about that person if your heart's not right. You will gossip about that person if your heart's not right. I love what Joe, Joe Garcia advised me in, uh, when he said, uh, you have to have a posture before God of, the good is not mine, Lord, and the bad is not mine. I give it all back to you. What, how you're using me and the good that I'm having in my life and ministry is yours. And just the same, the bad, the negative, the ugly, is yours too, what's going on right now and my anger towards uh, these people, uh, I give this over to you, Lord, completely. And uh, and so that's also an important heart posture. Heart post- posture is absolutely key because you can't hide it. When you have bitterness, you think you're hiding it. You think you're masking it. The enemy's using it. And and it's not genuine reconciliation. And genuine reconciliation brings things into the light. It's based in truth. And God can anoint genuine reconciliation. But word service, faking it, suspicion. All that stuff is of the kingdom of darkness. Ah, Church, we have to grow in this area. If we want true unity, we have to grow in this area. Cleanse your heart. Next would be function in the opposite spirit. When somebody's angry at you, love them. When somebody's dishonoring you, honor them. When somebody has gossiped about you, bless them. Affirm them. I, I have seen tremendous power, your greatest weapons of warfare. Are functioning in the opposite spirit. In fact, that's how you righteously judge a demonic power: is by not just saying, "I bind you," "I bind you," "I bind you," in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. Actually, it's more power to function, more powerful to function in the opposite spirit, and love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, uh, honor those who dishonor you. Function in the opposite spirit is very key, but that still involves boundaries which I'll touch on in a moment, but function in the opposite spirit. The next point would be pray for those who persecute you. Pray for your enemies, love them, bless them, remain in a place of intercession. Why? It's not just so that they can prosper or something. You're not praying for them to, Lord, I want to show how good my heart is towards these people. So I'm going to just pray that they succeed. And that makes me unknowable. That makes me righteous. No, when you do the intercession for somebody and you come on behalf of them even and repent of the sin they are in, uh, God can actually unlock the situation. And you take away the keys from the devil and you bring that situation into the kingdom of light and Jesus can begin to move on their hearts and real reconciliation can happen. But intercession and drinking the cup based on what others are doing to you actually uh, releases you. <laughs> it actually releases you from, from bitterness against them, from unforgiveness. How many great Christian leaders have probably woke up in hell because of unforgiveness against their brothers and sisters? The Bible says that when you harbor unforgiveness, you will not be forgiven. And so don't don't let what someone else is doing to you determine your, life. Determine your salvation. Determine your ability to fall asleep. Determine your joy level. Don't let them take that from you. Because more often than not, it's just the enemy going after you and he uses people. And so praying for people actually empties your heart of the root of bitterness. And uh, I went through a lot of inner healing when I went through various things that 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 hurt me as a leader, as a man. And I uh, one of the final stages, uh, I actually had an amazing uh, session with a man out of the US uh, who ministered to me and, and he said this, which is true. We'll often say, but I've forgiven them and now I released them from that or oh, I got over it, but I'm just hurt. And I didn't know that the confession of I'm hurt still traps that seed of bitterness that can grow at any time. That seed can come out and bear fruit at any time. And he actually walked me through real freedom and even, I am no longer hurt by this. And that has to be the work of the Lord. It's a work of the spirit, you know, in the soul and the heart and and saying, Lord, I repent for announcing my hurts, promoting my hurts, creating a soul tie with my hurts, holding on to my hurts. Because when we hold on to them, it's a way of still kind of being opposing the person who initiated the hurt. You got to get it out of you. It's only going to poison you. And so you see men like Daniel ended up in a lion's den. They have a reason to be hurt and offended. Joseph, look at his life. There's some counseling needed. He's favored by his father. His own brothers throw him in a pit. He's sold into slavery. He ends up in prison. There are some reasons to be embittered, but Joseph was promoted because of the condition of his heart. So hold your heart, walk with God through these situations when that, when unholy agreements emerge, false judgments, all of the above, when that stuff comes against you, you've got to look after your heart. Make your heart your palace and clean it. Make your heart your motivation. Make your heart uh, your priority because out of it flow the issues of life. It can affect your ministry forever. It can create a blind spot in you that you don't see, and you wonder why the anointing's not functioning. You wonder why you're offending people, hurting people, leaving bodies everywhere. It's because of an issue of the heart that needed to be dealt with. And so whether you're facing the spirit of socialism, spirit of religiosity, political spirit, just the day-to-day demons that go against emerging leaders and just Christians in general, If you deal with your heart, they have nothing to feed on. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.